Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We love being encouraged to live out our faith in Jesus by hearing the stories of women in our church community. We are so glad that you're here. God tells us about Himself. He doesn't have to, but He does. And Kristen Hines and Haley Doris can't stop talking about it. It only takes a few minutes to realize that they aren't just excited about God's revelation, but that their lives have been radically changed by it. Listen in to see if you can borrow some of their love for general and special revelation and make it your own. Here's our conversation. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. I'm Kathy, and I'm here with Haley and Kristen, and I am uniquely excited for what we are going to get to talk about today. But before we jump into our fun topic, I love to ask everyone who joins us on our podcast to share a little something that has brought them joy lately. I think it kind of makes everyone smile and gives you a chance to get to know our guests. So Kristen, would you mind sharing with us something that's brought you joy lately? Yeah, of course. Happy to. Um, Recently, well, now while we're recording this, it is fall. um, And I just um, a week or two ago, I got to go visit some friends in New York. So fun. And experience autumn in New York, walking through Central Park with all the leaves, like you could just imagine Meg Ryan walking around the corner any oh. second. Yes, that really just struck a chord with me. <laughs> I went yeah, specifically to some of the places from You've Got Mail and like yes! walked around. It was just like, it felt like fall. It felt fun. I was wearing sweaters. It was perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh. You mentioned You've Got Mail. Um, our first dog is named Brinkley, which is like Tom Hanks's dog's name in that movie. Is that why you named him <laughs> yes, Brinkley? Yes. Because I love that movie. Love that like era. Of well, you got to go to New York everything. in the fall then and I see know, it all. I do. I haven't been there in the fall. It'd be so fun. That's amazing. Um, I'm really excited. I was thinking about this question. I'm really excited to share. Um, even that's not as fun as New York, but I have been really into wearing like matching sets recently. So Kathy and Kristen can see this, but I'm wearing one like right now, like a, like just really comfy, like pants and sweater shirt that like go together because I work so from fun. home like full time. And so I'm like, I need to be in like the professional attitude, but like that doesn't mean I actually want to dress professionally. And so it kind of like helps me in that way. But I'm getting so obsessed with this that I've started buying my one-year-old son matching sets, matching sets and everything too. And it's been so fun. So you can just catch us in like color blocks of sweat outfits that are like semi-cute. Okay, so do you make them so that your set matches your son's set? I haven't done that yet. Okay, Um, just checking. There's not a lot of mom-son matching (laughs) That's a real, that's a miss in the market. That's a gap in the market. Oh, I would love to do that, but I have some great Amazon and Target links if um, (laughs) anyone ever needs, because it's bringing me a lot of Haley's information will be in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah, please, please. It's so fun. Your next (laughs) gift purchase for a friend is. Yes. I love that. I love that. Well, thanks, y'all, for being here. We are going to get to talk about something I think is really fun. And often on this podcast, or really when you're in church, very regularly, someone will talk about how knowing God has been so important to them or brings them so much joy or how wonderful knowing God is. And I believe that. But yet, oftentimes, we don't necessarily talk about, like, how do we know God? First of all, it's pretty amazing that God actually reveals himself to us and lets us know him. And again, we talk about theology, which is the study of God. But what we haven't stopped to think about sometimes is how do we actually know him? How has he revealed himself? Because if knowing God is the best and brings us so much joy, then us knowing how he's revealing himself and how we can know him would obviously be really great information for us to have. And so we are going to dig into that today. And I think it's going to be really joyful and encouraging and also really practical. And so often, if you're studying God or theology, you will hear about revelation, meaning either general revelation or special revelation. Some people might use the word specific revelation, but there's two different kinds of ways that God reveals himself. And so we're going to look at both of those, how those have impacted us, and how, listener, those can impact you and bring you a lot of joy and really be helpful. 
So I want to start off with general revelation. Kristen, will you kind of tell us a little bit about what do you think general revelation is and help us understand what that is? Yeah, um, I think it's always hard for me to put, you know, when they're like, just define a word and then put it in your own words. It That can be a real struggle. Um, <laughs> but I think maybe a simple way to say it is that general revelation refers to the things that we can discover about God by observing and investigating His creation. So it's how God makes Himself known um, through nature, through just through everything He's created. Um, one example I always think of for that is um, looking at the night sky. Um, Stars so like, are so great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, clouds and all of that during the day, that's fine. But it's the night sky <laughs> <laughs> really is exciting to me. Um, I think just like looking at the moon and the stars and planets, knowing, you know, what we know about how far away they are and how big the universe is, Um Looking at that, we can see about God that the God who created all of that has to be even bigger and even more powerful um, if he created all of that. And then um, also it made me think about looking at, you know, when they they release like images from telescopes where you can get like a real good picture it's of so like amazing. here's what a planet looks like. They're beautiful. And yeah. you know, really you can't gorgeous. see that just by looking up at night. But when you look at that, then you could also see, oh, the God who made this is an artist. Is, you know, like, and art is just a value. Beauty is a value to him because that's something, you know, most of of humanity hasn't been able to see that until more recently. Mm -hmm. So he didn't even make it just, like, to show off. He just made it because he loves it and he loves, Mm -hmm. you know, beauty. And so we can see, even just from those things, like a big, powerful God who is an artist— um, and loves and values beauty. So there's all kinds of, I mean, you can just look at all of these different aspects of creation and nature and find out things about the God who created it. Hmm. I love that. And when I think about this idea of general revelation and God revealing who he is through creation, creation is obviously incredibly massive. You can think about nature, you can think about the conscience. And so mm-hmm. I'd love to hear from both of you, give me a little bit more information about maybe some examples of how general revelation has been particularly impactful in revealing to you who God is. There's like things that we see and interact with every day that we literally can't even comprehend its origin or like how it could possibly come about, like colors or like time, things like that. Um, But another thing um, about creation that just blows my mind is really just thinking about all the different capacities that human beings have. So mm, like I agree. the brain's like level of intelligence or like that joke of like the brain named itself, you know? <laughs> 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 but like, it's kind of true, you know, or you can even think of like personal examples in your life or even in history of like enormous amounts of forgiveness that someone's given or like someone's like generosity that's like just unfathomable or love or technology and things like that or um, even just like the miracle like we know is like women that like our bodies are able to like create and sustain and like deliver life and if you have personally done that or or just a woman and know how that works and have a good friend who's done that like you know that like that is wild, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) wild. And I think those just extreme capabilities that people have tell me like, not only like, okay, surely like some, someone created us, right? Like surely this wasn't an accident, but it kind of takes us a step further and tells me like, man, whoever created us has to be a designer, like Mm -hmm. has to be purposeful. It's like, literally come up with every single little like piece of your brain and exactly how it's going to operate and just all the different functions that are come with the human body, right? Like it that can't just happen by chance. Or even when you read Genesis 1 and God's ordering of creation, how he makes all things, you see God's design, right? Of like birds are meant to fly and so they have wings, right? And like fish live in the ocean. And so they have gills. They don't have lungs, right? And it's like God has such intention and design behind all things that he's created. And it's so cool that we can just look around and like Mm -hmm. 
and quickly kind of start to figure that out. And that's because God has generally revealed that aspect of himself to us. And it makes me think about how often we'll think about nature can be a place that we go to feel all. But when you think about God having created that to point back to himself, one of the things general revelation does is show us the and I don't mean this in a cheesy way, but the awesomeness of God, meaning yeah, how full yeah. of awe we should be at his character and how amazing he is. And I think that general revelation is a tool that's really effective in pointing me back to who God is. But I think there's more to general revelation. So Kristen, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I, I love you talked about the detail and the design, you know, like, yeah. like you said, like brains are so they're so crazy weird. <laughs> or even, you know, you think about like an eye, you know, all the detail that yes. goes into making it so that like an eye can see, and just every little thing about like our bodies and just how things work together. And it, I like kind of putting that together with like talking about the night sky and how that makes me think of the hugeness and the power mm-hmm. of God. But also, if that's all we saw. You know, like we've seen, we've seen powerful people use that power for evil. Mm-hmm. You know, so if all we saw was like, okay, well, there's a God and He's big and powerful, then that might be scary. But then if we also put together like these details and this design and the like intimate involvement mm. that that same big and powerful God has to have, then that helps kind of temper that power, I think, and keep us, you know, like, oh, well, He's not just this big scary thing out there. You know, he also cares like intimately and looks, you know, deeply. He's involved in all of the little details. Um, There's another example um, that my friend and I were talking about at lunch the other day is um, taste buds. Oh, so how that's like, <laughs> so great. I yeah. didn't know that that's so where like, you were going to go. <laughs> <laughs> about this. So God created us to need to eat. You know, he created us with this. That's how our bodies are fueled, whatever. We need to take in sustenance. But he didn't have to create us with the ability to taste things. Mm. And he didn't have to give us, you know, like that need for sustenance doesn't have to also be enjoyable and like taste delicious. So he is also, you can see like a God who he does things that aren't necessary. They're not necessary. You know, we didn't Mm. need to enjoy what we're eating. But it's like he's a God who also gives gifts that are just bonuses, you know, (laughs) like we don't need our food to taste delicious. Um, But and he's also given us the ability to know when some food doesn't taste delicious and then we don't have to eat that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Also nice of him to (laughs) just even the little things like he's just involved in these little details and um, and we just learn so much about like what he cares about and what he loves and who he is from looking at all of that. Well, that's cool because it, like, shows that God, like, delights to give us joy. Uh-huh. Like, he, like, created yeah. us to experience that. And that's, fun. like, I kind of imagine him being like, ooh, like, I'm going to give them taste buds. And, like, they're going to try cookies. Like, oh, my gosh, I just love them so much. I'm just excited <laughs> to, like, give them this experience, you know? And it's, like, funny, but I think it's yeah. true, too. Yeah. Like, he wants us to delight and have joy in the things that he's given us. And it's things that, like, we take for granted every day, you know, like, oh, this is just how the world works. This is just yeah. how our bodies are. This is just how nature is. But, you know, thinking about if we if we talk to somebody who doesn't know the Lord and, you know, doesn't have any interest in reading scripture or going to church or something like that, you could still bring up like, oh, well, isn't that beautiful? Like, just imagine if there's somebody who created that, like, what do you think they would be like? Mm. And help, you know, like use all of this to help them pull that out. Like, taste buds. Have you ever thought about that? You know, like, and a lot of us don't think about it, but it's a way to, I think that we can like get into conversation with people about the Lord. So great. Y'all are making me smile. So (laughs) you brought up a minute ago, the idea of scripture and even just concept, this concept of general revelation, we didn't create it. Theologians didn't create it. It's actually something we've learned because God taught us about general revelation in the scripture. And so, Haley, tell me a place that you have found general revelation explained in the scripture and how you have learned about general revelation from the scriptures. Psalm 19 is a really great place to start in learning about this. Um, Verses 1 through 2 say, The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims His handiwork. 
day-to-day pours out speech and night-to-night reveals knowledge. And it goes on for a couple of verses, but essentially the psalm is telling us that God's creation is telling all of the earth about his glory specifically. Um, And that there is no like aspect of creation or the earth in which like that isn't reached. So there's no one who's not exposed to God's creation, right? And general revelation. Um, And it is all just like truly pointing back to him. I love that you mentioned that like we didn't come up with general revelation. Like we like we just read our Bibles and there it was. <laughs> so God is even like revealing to us how he is revealing himself to us. <laughs> the creation. <laughs> yeah, I um and I feel like they go along together so well, but Romans 1 19 through 20 um, always comes to mind for me. Uh, It says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Um, So I think that's, I mean, going back to the idea of talking to people about God who don't know him, you know, there, there are a lot of people who don't have scripture or, or maybe here in our context have plenty of access to it, but aren't interested in reading it necessarily. Um, or maybe somebody who lives like where Christians, there aren't a bunch of Christians who would share the gospel with them, but this is a God who like, he so clearly makes his creation point to him. And so we can see that this is a God who wants to be known. So no matter where or what context someone is in, if they are looking at the world around them, Paul is saying here, God's attributes can be clearly perceived. God has made sure that any person anywhere in the world can begin to know about him if they're paying attention. Hmm. As we begin to think about general revelation and God revealing himself that way, it makes me think my ability to understand God's revelation is important. And what I mean by that is, how can I handle general revelation wisely? Or is there any way I need to be cautious and really careful as I'm observing general revelation? Give me some, help me think through a little bit about being wise with general revelation. Yeah, one caution that I think of is, um, I think it's important to remember that we are seeing fallen creation when we're looking at it, okay, you know, what do you we're mean not, by that? we're not looking at creation on the first day of creation without, <laughs> without sin yeah, or, or brokenness. Yeah, we're not looking at it before the garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned. you know, we don't see what it looked like to them before that. So, um, we know from Genesis two that when they sinned, our relationship with nature and creation was also broken. Um, and now, you know, creation doesn't, always work exactly like it should. Um, You know, we can see that in big things like natural disasters or in small things like mosquitoes. (laughs) (laughs) We have a broken broken relationship with, yes, allergies. That's another, I was like, some elements of nature make us sneeze, you know, but if we're, everything in nature isn't a perfect one-to-one correlation with a characteristic of God, you know, like I don't have to think about my seasonal allergies and think, well, maybe there's a chance I'm allergic to God or, you know, like that just, that's not how it works. Um, Or even a more serious example, we don't see a tornado and then say, well, that is God's anger and wrath poured out on this street of houses that he, Mm. you know, took out. We, our relationship with nature is broken. So we want to make sure we're interpreting general revelation correctly and applying what we learned from it wisely and I think one other thing that comes to mind is that nature can't tell us how to live. You know, like it doesn't tell us how to be moral mm-hmm. creatures, um, how to interact with other people. It tells us a lot about the character of God. We can see that, but it's not, It it we can't look at it just to directly to learn about our character and what our character should be. Um, it makes me think of like, the ideas of like natural selection and survival of the fittest. And while, I mean, I'm no scientist, so I don't know a lot (laughs) about that, but you know, if maybe we do look at how animals interact and it's like, okay, the, 
the ones who are the most fit survive and thrive. And the ones who, you know, attack the weak ones, that's the good way to live. We don't look at that and then say, that's how we the should strong live. Yeah. should attack, you know, and, we and don't that does, that. actually people have looked at that. You know, we have a lot of ideas of like natural selection, survival of the fittest applied to humanity. And that doesn't turn out well. We like, we see people with the ideas of like eugenics, like if somebody has a less desirable quality, then they should be sterilized or, you know, we shouldn't allow them to reproduce. So that's not, we don't look at nature and then turn that into how we should live or what kind of people we should be. Um, we need something else to tell us that. <laughs> yeah. I think like a simple way to put it is that general revelation is insufficient. Yeah. Right. So we can be inspired to produce so much awe of God based off of generation and we can learn things about him, but it's, it's lacking. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and one of the key things that general revelation doesn't tell us is how someone is saved, right? Um, I can't know about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for my sins by enjoying my morning cup of coffee on my back porch, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, it's referred to as general, like literally because it's not specific, right? Plot <laughs> <laughs> <A> twist. <laughs> but creation doesn't tell us about God's plan of redemption from the mm -hmm. very beginning. You know, I think about all the things I learned about God through the Exodus or through his promises, like from Noah and Abraham and Moses and David, right? Like I wouldn't know those things just based off of being in creation. It also doesn't tell me that Jesus is coming back. Like, yeah. it doesn't tell me that, like, one day I won't have to worry about annoying mosquitoes because, <laughs> like, I'm going to live somewhere where they don't exist anymore. Come on, guys. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, and so I think it's really, really important to note in that that creation or general revelation is not sufficient for someone to know how to be saved or mm -hmm. to know what God has done for them in order to redeem them, right? And that sounds a little scary, right? Because it kind of naturally brings up a question of like, uh, but aren't there people in the world who like don't have access to a copy of the scriptures? What happens? And I think it's important for us Honestly, kind of whenever we run into really hard questions like that, do we remember like, okay, we're talking about God, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like his attributes and his characteristics are true no matter the doubts and questions that I have, mm -hmm. right? And so God can specifically reveal himself to whomever he wishes to, mm -hmm. right? And so there is no like, – there is no – we don't live in a hopeless world, right? Like, because, like, God is that hope. And so he can specifically reveal himself and his ways and the story of Jesus and redemption to whomever he chooses to. But at the same time, I would hope that as Christians that would be a huge motivator to us to, yeah, like, absolutely. go and, like, use our words and not wait and hope that someone else is just going to kind of, like, stumble upon it, right? Because you need to have that specific, that special revelation in order to be saved. Mm -hmm. Okay. So clearly we've talked about general revelation, how great it is, but you've just said it's lacking. Yeah. And in light of who God is, he didn't just give us general revelation. He also yeah. gave us special revelation or specific revelation. And that is going to be, I don't want to say fill in the gaps because it's more than filling in the gaps of general revelation, but it begins to fill and actually fully fills what is lacking, quote unquote, in general revelation. So tell me a little bit, Haley, what is special revelation or what is specific revelation? Special revelation is the ways in which God specifically reveals who he is and his ways through his word and Jesus in the scriptures. That might sound a little bit confusing, but like I really, I really think of special revelation in terms of words. Like God is literally speaking like exactly about who he is and what his plans are and what his will is for someone else. And by the scriptures, we know that, I mean, one, the scriptures are his word, right? That's Absolutely. an example of special <laughs> revelation. That's quite literally the words. Um, but then too, we also know that Jesus is the word, right? Like that's mm -hmm. John describes Jesus as the word. And so those are two examples of special revelation. Um, but what's cool in that is that, again, like God 
chooses to reveal himself to us. He wants to reveal himself to us. Like when Adam and Eve sinned and left the garden, like God had a plan and emotion to bring about his word and to reincarnate himself, right? Like in Jesus Christ to literally come and tell us exactly who he is. In order to really know something, like it just has to be communicated to us like via word and the ways in which God specifically reveals himself through his word is in the scriptures and is in Christ. Okay. So clearly if we're going to delve into special revelation and it's so wonderful, which it is, it would seem weird for me to not start with scripture to talk about <laughs> why it matters to you and, it and right how way. it's influenced you. I didn't start there with general revelation, but I'm going to start there with special revelation because that feels kind of appropriate. So much like I ask for a passage of scripture that taught you about general revelation, Haley, what is a passage about special revelation that teaches you about special revelation and what do you learn? When we talked about general revelation, I point to Psalm 19 and uh, real, again, plot twist. We're gonna <laughs> if, you keep reading, and if you keep reading Psalm 19, you get you to get learn more. <laughs> yeah. It's really, this Psalm is really just about how God reveals himself. But those first few verses point to how creation reveals God's glory, right? But if you keep reading the Psalm, also talks about special special revelation. Um, it talks about God's law, God's testimony, God's precepts, His commands, His rules, which again, like those are all words, right? <laughs> right. Like <laughs> words. Um, but what's really cool, I think, is that when the song goes on to talk about special revelation, it makes several really big distinctions. It says that God's word is perfect, that it's reviving the soul. It's sure. It's right. It's rejoicing the heart. Mm -hmm. It's pure. It's enlightening. It's clean. It's true. It's righteous. It's desirable. Psalm 19 does not say that creation is that, right? It does right. not say that creation revives the soul. It does not say that the night sky is pure, right? It just says that God's word is that. And so as much as I love like being out in creation and finding rest, um, I've actually been telling my husband that my goal this summer is to spend a month in Colorado and just like literally get away from this Texas heat that we deal with every a year. <laughs> but, like according to the scriptures, like that's not actually what I need. Like that's not actually mm. what's going to restore me. That's not going to enlighten me. That's not going to revive me. It's not even going to rejoice me. Like it's God's word that does that. And so special revelation just provides like such abundantly more. And so I think knowing that, like if we believe scripture is true, then we need to run to and go to special revelation, like to God's word mm -hmm. whenever we need him or are lacking. And we can't run to just a relaxing weekend or being somewhere beautiful. Like not that we don't do those things, but we need to trust that like God's word tells us that like his word is what we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love, um, I love second Timothy three. Um, I think I want to read 14 through 17. Um, it says, but as for you, um, this is Paul talking to Timothy here, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So I love this because, you know, in talking about general revelation, I talked about how nature can't teach us how to live. And I love that this passage says, but special revelation can. can. Mm. The scriptures can teach you everything we need to know um, for, you know, it equips us for every good work. Um, it says the Bible teaches us and corrects us, trains us for righteousness. Um, I, I can look to the word of God if I want to know how I'm supposed to live, what it takes to be the kind of person God wants me to be. Um, maybe... Maybe scripture doesn't answer every single tiny question I have, but it answers all the questions that matter, um, which 
I'm just so grateful for. It tells me how to live a life that's pleasing to God. Um, and even besides all that, the first part of the passage talked about um, how it it is able to make you wise for salvation. You know, like what more? Do, we don't need anything more than that. You know, that's what <laughs> yeah. you've been talking about, Haley. And um, the scriptures make us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus. Like that's so important. And God gave it to us because he wants us to know it which I think is just so sweet. Yeah. Well, again, like it's the scriptures are sufficient, Mm -hmm. right? And so there's nothing that God wants or needs from us that he doesn't tell us exactly what we need in order to do that. Yeah. Like he's he's not trying to be like he's not manipulative or secretive right and it doesn't it's not even, a test that we have to figure it out no he tells us. you don't have to go to seminary like mm-hmm. there's nothing like, special because he ha- has so sufficiently revealed it all to us that literally anyone who seeks him and wants to know him and know his ways a hundred percent can do that mm-hmm. so what are some things that you wouldn't know without special revelation what would you not know I mean, you've already talked about, you know, like it's insufficient for salvation. I I think about Acts 4.12 that talks about, you know, there's no name under heaven by which we can be saved except the name of Jesus. And we we can't look at nature and learn the name of Jesus. You know, like you said, I can't sit out with my coffee and see the crucifixion, the sacrifice <laughs> made, the, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus just by like looking Outside, you know, we need special revelation to yeah. know that. We also wouldn't know about Jesus' return. Like, we wouldn't yeah. know that he's coming back. Uh, we wouldn't know that there really is going to be an ending to all of the suffering and things that are going wrong in this world, right? We wouldn't know that God is bringing about a plan of justice for all things without Scripture. Yeah, that's a big one that jumps jumps to mind for me, too. Like, when we look at the brokenness of nature or how— you know, animals might treat each other or whatever. We don't necessarily just see God's justice right there, but his heart for the oppressed, his heart for um, the people that the world ignores or doesn't value. We don't find that just by looking at the world, but in scripture, that is all over. I mean, that's one of the biggest things the prophets talk about in all of them is how much God cares about bringing justice and about the people who are looked down upon or oppressed um, and who don't have, you know, what the world deems as good, but God cares about them and loves them so much. Yeah. We also wouldn't know anything about the church if we didn't have the word, right? Like we wouldn't know like how to gather, like what to do. Like we wouldn't have, I don't think I would have figured that out. Yeah, that's a good point. Truly, yeah. Or even just like I think of fa- favorite passages of mine that have encouraged me, like Matthew 11, where Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. You know, like how many times have I just like needed to crawl into the arms of someone who is gentle and lowly and known that I can do that in Jesus? I can only know that because I've read the word. Mm. I think that's my favorite part of scripture is how clearly it reveals to me who God is. Mm -hmm. It teaches me who God is in passages like that and others. And I think that's probably my favorite part of scripture. And that's the same, like if we look at just general revelation, because we talked about how it's fallen and it's not a perfect one-to-one correlation, we have questions about it. Yeah. Is God like this? Yeah. But we don't have to worry about that when scripture says God is like this. Yeah. Okay. That's (laughs) certain. And we know that. (laughs) But is he really? We say, oh, great. You he just is. told me straight out, this is what yes. he's like. Yeah. That's helpful. <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't know how to pray. I mean, I feel like I can just like literally go on and on and yeah. on and on and on about all the things. Like we wouldn't know how to pray. We wouldn't know how to take care of ourselves. We wouldn't know how to be men and women and husbands and wives and daughters and sisters. Like there's so much that we are missing when we don't meditate and spend time in the word. Mm-hmm. I know that when we talked about general revelation, we talked about how we need to handle it wisely, their cautions. And I want to phrase this question carefully because in its purest form, there's nothing wrong with special revelation. Like the scriptures (laughs) haven't been broken. God's word has not been broken. But I still think we need to be wise and not assume that I've read this scripture. I've read this verse. Here's what it means. Let's move forward. So how do we handle special revelation, which isn't broken, but how do we handle special revelation wisely? I think 
I think it helps to remember that we are still broken, <laughs> you know, yes. scripture isn't, but we are. And when we talk about, um, you know, we can misunderstand general revelation, we can also misunderstand scripture. There's nothing wrong with scripture, but we might misunderstand right. it. So we, you know, that the caution and the challenge there is just like, don't take it lightly, you know, know, understand its importance and its value. Um, and know, okay, this might take some work for me to put in and study and understand that that's not scripture's fault. That's just maybe my own fault. Um, and then also another thing I was thinking about is we, um, we talked about how scripture, special revelation can tell us how to live. So also a caution is live that way. You know, don't, <laughs> you don't just get to read about it and right. know it. <laughs> exactly. It's not, it's not valuable that it tells us how to live if we don't also respond to it and, you know, seek to be obedient to the word of God and live how he wants us to live. We could take it as just, oh, here's some great information and move on. Like that's not, that's not how it's supposed to be. Mm. Gosh, that is sometimes like one of the most convicting things for me is when I recognize a sin in my life or a doubt or an insecurity. And I realize like, oh, what's happening is I'm like not believing the very word that I'm like sitting here on a podcast talking about. You know what I mean? <laughs> I publicly said is important. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I just think of, I actually really do think about that a lot for myself and others that sometimes like the patterns in our lives that aren't honoring to the Lord are revealing that we aren't trusting in his word, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like maybe like I have read the Bible cover to cover. So I can't really claim that like, I've just never read something. Right. But it's like, man, like where did like my trust go mm -hmm. in that? But I think that's also a really healthy question to ask because it reminds me that the problem isn't God's revelation to me or God's plans. Like the problem is like my trust in it or my um, treatment of the word. Like, am I believing in its power? Am I believing that it's like literally the words of God as I approach it? Um, or just all three of us have worked in ministry. And I think a lot, a question I would get from people all the time is like, well, how do I like, how do I just like really have a good quiet time? Like, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, it's kind of boring or whatever. And I spent a lot of time trying to like research things that exist, like resources that exist or create my own. And the more and more I've thought about it, I think that we experience like depth and joy in the scriptures when we submit to it. Mm -hmm. Like when we recognize that this is the word of God and we treat it that way, that God is really faithful to communicate with us and reveal himself to us and change our lives in it. I don't, I think there are plenty of tools that I'm sure the three of us could recommend all day long for making that easier. And those are not bad things. So I'm not cautioning anyone away from tools, but, um, that is insufficient. Like our posture coming towards that is really important. Um, and I think also with that, it's like, good to remember that like scripture is enjoyable. Like we talked about yeah. how God created things for us to enjoy. Like his word is one of those things that is enjoyable. I think it's easy to think that, believe the lie that, oh, like, I don't know, it's just like not fun or it's boring or like I'm not really capable of understanding it, but that's so not true. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a reason that like on a, any given Sunday morning, you have both preschoolers and adults like learning from the yeah. same book. And that's because <laughs> there is enough there to dig into and discover for literally a lifetime, right? Um, and again, like God is so faithful to bring that out. And I don't think you have to be a literature person or a seminary person, like you just have to submit to the word and like you will love it and experience it. And you might have some mornings, like I'm in First Chronicles right now, and there are some passages that I'm not highlighting every single word on the page. <laughs> like but... 12 chapters of names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I also do believe like, well, but if I were to take the time and like dig into it, it yeah. would get real interesting. Yeah. Real quick, don't ask me about the names in First Chronicles. I have not taken the time to do that. <laughs> but like, I know that that would be such an enjoyable experience. And it's because I know the scriptures are fun and exciting yeah. and they really can be explored in depth 
absolutely for the rest of your life. Y'all just make me smile. I love this so much. Um, do you have any other examples that pop to mind of maybe a significant season in your life or maybe something recently where special revelation special revelation has, as you've submitted to it, been really impactful for you? Because I do think, I love y'all's wisdom and kind of the caution of just assuming it's going to be easy all the time. Mm-hmm. Because if God is as massive as he is, which he is, and his word is as powerful as it is, it's going to take me a human some time and effort to grow in my understanding of it. Like that's just realistic. And it's also going to take some work for me to submit to it. Well, it just is. So do you have any stories that have been really impactful of how special revelation has impacted you? You probably have a thousand, but do any pop to mind? I think of um, a really hard season in my life that I walked through was, I'm going to try to give the Cliff Notes version, but um, I have like a longstanding history of um, knee surgeries and problems and things like that and got to a place about seven years ago where um, I really, really prayed about it, made a decision to have a more invasive surgery that... um, was like a little bit controversial, but, you know, talked to several different doctors about it and physical therapists and prayed about it and felt like really confident this was like what the Lord was leading me to. And long story short, had the surgery and thought it was going to heal me and fix all my problems. And it it absolutely did not. Um, did like not. a little bit kind of did the opposite. Um, I like still have issues today, actually. And this was a long time ago. But I had so convinced myself. And again, like I was praying. I was talking to the right people. Like I was taking appropriate steps, right? But I'd so convinced myself that like this was God's plan to heal me um, and to save me from this pain I'd been experiencing most of my life. And so when that didn't happen, when my mm-hmm. expectations weren't met, I like very sincerely had a season of my life where I believed that God was a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, like he can't be real. Like he told me to do this. I was really confident in it. I was really obedient to him. I prayed that everything I'm supposed to be, and it is not going the way that again I thought he was promising me. Um, and it was a really, really scary That's season in my life. Yeah. Um, because I've been a believer my whole life and um I just felt like everything was flipped upside down. And I mean, it took me months. And I had plenty of wonderful people in my life who really helped me, but I like still have the journal from that season. And I like would literally go through and like write the things that I was thinking and believing and then write scriptures and compare those two things. But the scriptures that I wrote down, like I wasn't like flipping to a random page in the Bible. It was scriptures that I just already knew Mm -hmm. because I've been a student of the word for so long but if I hadn't known that and I hadn't gone to that, I, there's zero chance you would have asked me to be on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> like, at this point in my life. Like, that was not the trajectory that I would have gone down. But like in all sincerity, I literally believe that the scriptures, like the word of God saved my life, like a hundred percent, because I just would not have believed that God was compassionate and merciful and still loved me even in this distress that I was experiencing if his word didn't say Mm -hmm. that. Um, My circumstances didn't feel like they were pointing to a loving and sovereign and merciful and kind God, but the scriptures do. Mm -hmm. And I know that the scriptures are perfect, pure, true, righteous, reviving the soul, right? And I know that creation is fallen and broken and not in the way it should be. And so I don't look to my own life all the time to be able to decipher who a loving God is, but I can look to Jesus's life and know like every (laughs) single time that he is an incredibly loving God. And I only know that Mm -hmm. through the word. And I was only able to apply that in a desperate season because I'd been in that practice mm-hmm. for so long so beforehand. Because I didn't want to read my Bible in that season <laughs> because, like, yeah. I thought I was like, "What is going on?" Um, yeah, and so I just, I like, really am like, God like saved me by His Word, a hundred percent. I love that. Um, for me, 
uh, like you said, Kathy, there's like probably thousands of examples. Um, so thinking just more specifically, more recently, um, I've been doing, I've been studying just Isaiah in my own, um, quiet time or devotional time. Um, and what I've been doing as I study it is I have this little notebook and every time I read something that shows something about who God is, about his character, what he cares about, what he loves, what he does, anything like that. I'm just writing a line, you know, in that little notebook, whatever that is that I've discovered about him, and then mm-hmm. put the little verse next to it. Um, just a way to gather just pages and pages eventually. Isaiah is a long book, you know. <laughs> it so, might be a long journal yeah. entry. <laughs> yeah. Just gathering all these details about who God is and what he cares about. So like the other day I was in chapter nine. So even just looking at the first seven verses of chapter nine, I um, I wrote down that God is capable of shining light on those in darkness and mm-hmm. increasing joy. So he is a God who values us being in the light and he mm-hmm. values us having joy. He cares about those things. Um, it says he breaks the rod of the oppressor. So he's a God who cares for those who are beaten down. Um, it says he is wonderful. He's mighty. He's everlasting. He's a counselor and a father. He rules with peace and justice and righteousness forever. Um, So this is just helping myself build a deeper knowledge of the specifics of who God is um, that we find in his special revelation, not just looking at creation. And that it helps me. I think I've become more and more convinced over the last few years that any of the questions and problems that come up in life, there's nothing I need to know more to help me deal with those than who God is. And just his character more than just the answer to that specific problem. I need to know the God who can fix Mm. that problem. And so taking, you know, sometimes I'll take a list of his characteristics and think, okay, here's something I'm really worrying about lately, like this issue. Go through the list. If God is a counselor, what does that mean for this issue? If God is mighty, what does that mean for this issue? If God is, you know, all of these things and go through it all. And by the end of doing that for however long I do it, the the issue itself isn't solved. I haven't done anything. Nothing has actually changed. But I find that my feelings about the issue are totally different. Mm-hmm. My concern about it is almost non-existent, my, you know, mm-hmm. because I've gotten closer and deeper in trust with this God and who he is to know that like, okay, well, I don't know what to do about this thing still, except to trust you because you do know what to do and you will do something and the same thing will be the right and perfect thing. Hmm. And then that just helps me. It gives me that peace that he promises, you know, that passes understanding. Like I shouldn't have peace about this because nothing's changed except that I've reminded myself of who you are. Well, both of those examples are so profound, just the impact of God's character. And again, pushes me back to, you know, those things because he chose to reveal himself yeah. <laughs> through Gosh. special revelation, but then also through general revelation as well. So as we begin to close, I would love to give each of you a chance or an opportunity to share a final thought or final encouragement, or maybe something that's come to mind that you haven't had a chance to share yet. My final encouragement would be a reminder that God tells us to meditate on his word day and night. But it doesn't tell us to do that for an hour in a quiet room every single morning of every single day. It doesn't tell <laughs> us to finish your reading plan in exactly one year. It doesn't tell you that if you skip it in the morning, then you can't go back to it later that night. Like I just think <laughs> we put all these crazy stipulations and expectations on ourselves when we're thinking about our quiet time that we're we get so stuck and discouraged in that sometimes mm. that we forget that actually like God doesn't like totally care about all those specifics, right? Like he just wants you to meditate on his word day and night. I'm pulling that from Psalm 1. And um, there are, again, like if you are someone like, I just like need that discipline, like great, do it, do that. Like do whatever you need to spend time with the Lord. But I also just want to encourage 
people to be okay with letting go of the checklist mindset a little bit mm. and mm. Um, just be willing and appropriately and reverently sit down in the Word and with the Lord every single day because you may never know when something you read one day is going to save you five years down the road mm. because of something you're going through. Hmm. Yeah, I think just, I guess, as a final thought, um, I really love how both of these things work together, general yeah. and special revelation. Like, I don't know, some people might be thinking, oh, I'm like a general revelation gal. <laughs> or, you know, like, I just love outside. I love nature. You know, like, that's my thing. And then some people are, are like, oh, I'm I'm the Bible girl, you know, yeah. whatever. But they really, they work together so beautifully. And I think us talking about this um, has just helped me think about that more. Like, every true thing that we learn about God by looking at nature is confirmed and deepened by our study of special revelation. And if we look at nature because it's fallen and come up with a wrong idea about who God is, we have special revelation to correct us and to help us point us in the right direction. Um, so I guess like a final just encouragement is don't don't neglect scripture just because nature is so beautiful. And also don't forget to let his word enhance your appreciation for his works and the world that he created, you know, use general and special revelation together. I think it's real sweet. So what I'm hearing is that you two are going to join me in Colorado for a month <laughs> oh. next summer. And we will all I want to do every summer is leave. <laughs> we will sit. It won't and, take much. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we will sit in nature Beautiful creation in hot. with Those things our Bibles. Go <laughs> yeah, that's like the perfect way to live. But sit in nature with your Bible. Listener, join me. Let's go. Even our favorite people. Because I can't leave the people in Texas. Yeah, like, that's the I hard need part. To leave the heat. So help. Help me. Help me. Love it. Y'all are the best. Well, God, you are so kind to give us general revelation and special revelation. And he's just kind to reveal himself at all. Mm -hmm. And as we've talked to just how all of this is just centered in Jesus and how because of Jesus, we can know God and we can experience the goodness of him and walk in his ways. And what a gift that is. So let me pray. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for letting us know who you are. And thank you for revealing yourself to us so we can know who you are. We thank you for general revelation. We thank you for special revelation. And I pray that you would enable the three of us and everyone listening to rightly, clearly, and joyfully know who you are through both general and special revelation. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, be sure to follow Encouraged and Equipped.